Welcome to the Monterey Podcast. For more information, check out our website at montereychurch.com. 18 years or so, if you would start collecting pictures that would embarrass them, that would be really, really helpful. Uh, if you're a parent of someone, you know, start collecting the same pictures. It's always fun to embarrass them. I, we request pictures pretty early this year, and a few people like, you know, you send, send it out and say, send a few candid pictures, a few fun pictures, um, and then a senior picture and a baby picture. And I, from some, I got exactly that, and from some, I got like a hundred, like literally over a hundred pictures. You, I can't choose, you choose. So I get to choose the best of the best. Um, so for a few minutes, we're going to watch our seniors, um, and before the baby picture and the senior picture, I just added in a bunch of pictures I loved from the ones they sent. So let's, uh, let's watch our video. Hearts are open wide 
every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, a name above every Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, oh, we live for you. Would you mind turning up the house lights just a little bit? I love to see your faces, and if I can't, then I feel, I feel awkward. I'm used to teaching uh, in by teenagers, and we always have the lights on, so I'm used to seeing their faces so we can talk and have a conversation as much as anything else. So uh, it makes me feel better, even if it doesn't make you feel better. But now I can see you also. If you fall asleep, you're in trouble. Um, just kidding. Um, so start preparing your pictures. Um, some of these, by the way, my name is Eric Opton. I'm one of the youth ministers here. Um, if 
I'm very seldom in here, but I've known some of these kids since they were born, like when their moms were pregnant. And so it's kind of cool to see. And I also get, just like when I see it, I get a little bit like, oh my goodness, they're actually going to leave. And so I have to be careful, like not to watch it too closely right before, because I was putting together videos last week and I was like, they're going to be gone. Um, and so it, it does weird things to me. Um, so we'll, we'll work around that for a second. So in order to get me started, we're going to start with some would you rathers. Here's how would you rather works. Would you rather means I will give you two choices. You in your head, you will mentally decide which one would I rather and we'll go from there. Okay, so it's really simple, but I need to warn you up front. It is not would, would I rather neither. It's not would you neither and it's not I would like both. Okay, so it's would you rather. So you got to make a choice. So, first one, would you rather have sweet tea or lemonade? That's a nice choice, right? But you, get, you have to choose one. Some people choose Arnold Palmer, but that's not the way we're playing today, okay? So, you're playing, you have to choose one or the other. Next one, ready? This is a little bit more of a challenge. Would you rather have a rhino nose, your nose, the nose of a rhino, or would you rather have elephant ears? That's, that's a little bit harder choice. You, you got to choose and you got to keep it. You don't get it just for the day. Okay. Um, for me, I'm thinking rhino nose because I'm, I already have a big nose. I'm used to it. It's good. We're good. Next one. This one is an easy choice for most people. Would you rather be hugged or punched in the face? That seems like an easy question, doesn't it? Because I think it, it should be. There's a few people who are like, I really like to be punched in the face, and something's wrong with you. We'll fix that later. All right, last one. This is a tough question, okay? Would you rather save your life or lose it? Would you rather save your life or lose it? We're going to talk today about what it means to walk with Jesus. We're going to come back to that question. So be thinking about, would I rather save my life or would I rather lose it? So let me ask you a different question. Here's where we're really going to start. Have any of you ever seen a toddler walk? Like everyone in the room has seen a toddler walk. Okay, no offense to toddlers, but they're not very good at it, right? They, that's why it's called toddle. They, they just, they stumble, they fall, um, they, they don't walk well. When my son, who's in the room because he's doing something later, was a baby, he started walking really early. Um, I think it was weird because I don't know when early is anymore, but it was early at the time. And so we had just moved into a new house. There were a bunch of the youth staff over and a bunch of people there. We went to go eat somewhere, and Mason just decided, I'm going to take, he just started walking across the back, and he took, took four steps, and then he just like, I'm done, and he just shut it down for two months. He didn't walk again for two months. We're like, what's going on with this kid? Um, he, and then we try to do it on command. Look, he really can't, I'm not kidding, he really can walk. But he was like, nope, not today, not till I'm ready. Um, and I, I didn't get mad at him because he couldn't walk. You know, I thought about it. I was like, come on, kid. You can do better than that, you know. What you do when your kid can't walk at first is you, you put your fingers out and you walk with them. And you put your hands out. And then, then you hope that they start walking. You try to pull your fingers away and then they fall over. And, you, and you're not disappointed because you want them to be able to walk. And then you put your hands out and you try to get them to walk to you. So... They're not very good at it, but I think we, as followers of Jesus, are in that same state at sometimes. We're like toddlers in following Jesus. Um, let's, let's look at a verse together. It's 1 John 2, uh, 6. I first learned this verse uh, a long time ago. I was at a camp, and, uh, and they taught it to us from the old NIV. And it says, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. But now, in the, in the updated version, which I think is a better 
translation, it says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. But if you look back, a lot of the versions still say, whoever claims to live in him must walk with Jesus or walk along with Jesus. And I think that's a challenge today that we're not always ready for, to walk with Jesus, to allow him to lead. Um, and this verse reminds us that if we're going to live in him, we're called to walk like him, to walk with him. And today I want us to look at what it means to walk with Jesus. I, this, this service is a little bit older uh, than what I'm usually in, but the majority of the group I work with um, carry one of these, um, and so do you. So we live in this world where we've given like some really cool stuff to our to our families. Like you can go anywhere in the world. I can go to museums. I can go to places I could never go otherwise. But it also takes me to some places where I would never go as well. And for kids, it's like it's like sending them to New York City with a pass to anywhere they want to go, from the coolest museums also to the the worst places on the face of the planet. And we we carry it around in our pockets now. And I think that this is a challenge because it, it speaks to the voices that we listen to. Um, they say that you're most influenced in life by the people, the five closest people to you. So the five people that you are closest to, your five best friends, those who influence you the most, will determine what you're going to be like. Everything from grades to social things to your job to everything else, those five people will determine who you're closest to. Now, that's research from about 10 years ago, and I think we've added something to it. The five closest people and what's with me all the time, right? And so we have to think about what voices we listen to. Um, when, I, when my older son was, was younger, I used to do this thing where, okay, so we would drive, and he would sit in the front seat before he was supposed to. I'm sorry, I'm a bad parent. Um, he, he sat in the fr- front seat before he was supposed to, and I would let him sit there, and I would drive with one eye closed, and I would let him guide where we were going. Does this make sense to you? So I'm driving, and he's telling me where to go over here. We didn't do it like how to get to the grocery store, but I'd say, okay, you're going to tell me how to get down the street, but be real careful because I don't want to hit anything. We can get in trouble for that sort of thing. So I'd close one eye, and I would leave the other one open so he could only, you know, because he's on this side, he can only see this eye. And so he's like, go, go, right, no. And, and then he would, he would start to stumble, and I would get real close to hitting things until he was like, right, go left. And I would pull the steering wheel real quick, and, uh, and I would let him guide. And he was really gullible, which some kids are. Um, and it was so awesome. But I started thinking about that a few months ago, and I was thinking, what if I really let him guide me? What if I really let him take the lead and tell me where to go? That would have been, we would have wrecked. We would have died is what would have happened. But here's the thing. In our life, sometimes we allow voices and other things besides the people we should to guide and direct us. We allow what's in our, in our phone to guide and direct us. We allow voices that, that are telling us messages that are, that are not right, uh, how to lead us. But a lot of times... For me and for you, the reality is we allow those voices to guide and to lead us into things um, that we shouldn't. So I want you guys to think about what it means to really follow Jesus for a second, to walk with Jesus. Because if you go back to the verse, it says, if we claim to live in him, we must walk as Jesus did, right? And so this morning, um, I have a little bit of a demonstration for you, but I want to bring up one more verse. It's Luke 9, uh, 23 and 24. 
Sorry, I'm taking a break. Somebody was supposed to help me with this. It's a big chair. All right. So let's read this for a second. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. So I asked you a question earlier. Would you rather save your life or lose it? For a lot of us, it seems like a really simple question. We all want to save our lives. We all want to be comfortable. We all want to, to survive. But Jesus says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. So, um, we have a balance beam. So, when, when uh, actually, when Mason was younger, I'm feeling like you guys are, are worried about me, and I'm glad. Um, we, we, were at, we were at SeaWorld in San Antonio, and how many of you have ever ki- carried a kid on your shoulders? They gain about 10 pounds every five minutes, right? And so, um, Mason, we were, at, we were at SeaWorld, and I was carrying him on my shoulders, and we were walking through the, uh, the area where they have the sharks in the tank, but the water's right below you, and it has a wall in front of you, and so you can look over, and then later you walk around and you can see in. Well, we were on the upper part, and... Um, and I was walking with him, and you know how you spin your kid, and you're, like, trying to adjust them so your shoulders don't die? So I was doing that, but he had flip-flops on. I don't like flip-flops. Um, one of his flip-flops came off, and it landed in the water above the sharks that were swimming. Um, and, and I'm like, oh, this is bad. Um, and I didn't want to buy another pair of flip-flops. So I'm just like, okay, what do we do here? And it's open water down below. Sharks, glass rail that's up to here so smart people won't reach in the water. Um, and so I started to, to go up to it, and only one person was. Everybody started, when they saw me like this and reaching over, no one said, that's not a bad idea. What they did is they got out their cameras because they wanted a video of when I was <laughs> bitten by a shark. And I think that's what you guys are feeling like right now, but we're still going to do this. Um, but I, did, I got the flip-flop despite my wife begging me not to, and I did not have to carry that kid all day long. It was awesome. All right, so here we go. So I want you to ask to think about your Christian walk for just a second and what that looks like. And I think when we talk about denying ourselves and following Jesus, the majority of times what we, what we think about is we start out, if I claim to follow Jesus, I'm going to walk like Jesus. And so I want you guys to imagine for a second that this, this balance beam is, is my walk with Jesus, okay? So I am going to get on. We're going we're gonna to hope we go well here. All right. Hey, we made it so far, right? Um, I can do one cartwheel. I don't know if I can land it or not, okay? Um, so we're not going to do that. But I want you to think about my walk with Jesus, okay? If I'm walking with Jesus and I start out strong, I'm ready to go. My routine of following Jesus is if I see Jesus go and love these people in a way that's uncommon, I'm going to do that too. If I see Jesus reach out and help the poor, I'm going to do that too, even if it costs me a lot. And so I start my walk, and then I realize that what if, what if, what if I start to stand out? My legs are shaking. Um, 
what if I start to stand out? And we, we began to say, what if, what if this costs me more than I want? And we really want a safe life. So my walk with Jesus begins to, to look more like, like this, you know, and then, and then like this. And as I'm following him, I, I'm, all, I'm like, okay, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to make this. We're, we're going to make it to the end. I wanna, I, I'm going to have a nice family. We're going to live in a gated community. I'm not going to go out too much because it's kind of scary out there. My kids are going to wear helmets when they ride their bikes, maybe other times too. And, and then my greatest dream becomes to, to die in my sleep when, when I'm ready without any pain and without any suffering. And, and then when I get to the very end of my life, I get down and I go, yes. And then I realize that my life has not looked anything like what God wanted it to look like because I've played it safe. And I haven't done the things that God called me to do because I was afraid to. And instead of doing some awesome routine, what I did is I hugged the beam because I was afraid to live for him. And a lot of times for me and for you, we find it comfortable to be comfortable. And we say, I'm not going to step outside of my comfort zone. And I, th- I think if you were, could you imagine if a gymnast at the Olympics, when a girl came out and she hopped up on here, which I can't do, and then she just hugged that beam and then she got off and she went like this? What kind of routine would that be? It would be nothing, right? You, what would you judge? The judge would be like, what? I don't know what to do with that. And I don't, I don't think God judges us that way. I'm not saying that God judges us as, um, as a gymnast, when we do a routine, that if we go and serve someone, he's thinking, oh, that's, that's good, that, that's good. There's not a whole lot of points off for that. Uh, and, and all the way through my life, if I, if I do the things I, I'm supposed to do, and I don't think God judges that way, but I also think, and I think Scripture proves this, that God doesn't expect us to live a safe, easy life. I think God expects more of us than that. I think God expects us to get out of our comfort zone. When Jesus was walking on the water across and the disciples saw him, and here's how I know it, they were afraid, and then he said, take courage, it is I. And Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come to you. And Jesus said, come. And Peter got down out of the boat, and he walked towards him. And when the wind and the waves came towards him, he started to sink, and Jesus reached out and grabbed him. And we read that oh, you have little faith part, instead of going, Peter got out of the boat. And I think Jesus wasn't saying, I, I love to picture Jesus with it. Like there's different faces of Jesus, right? There are pictures of Jesus where he says, you have little faith, what's wrong with you? And pulls us out. And there's go, oh, you, Peter, you have little faith, you could do this. And pulls them back up and they get into the boat together. And it's a story later. It's like, do you remember Peter when you walked on water? Do you remember that? And Peter's like, yeah, that was crazy. And I think that Jesus wants us to do the same. I think that Jesus wants our lives to be the greatest routine ever. And if we fall off, he's like, that's okay. You're getting back on, and you're going to live this life because it's one of the best things you could ever do. My prayer for all of us, and especially for these teens as they head out, is that their walk would be a walk that's uncommon that their walk is a walk that would be with God. Because for you and I, 
If we're going to claim to live in Christ, we must walk as Jesus did. And I don't think Jesus played it safe. I don't think Jesus sat inside and, and waited to die so he could tiptoe safely into heaven because we know differently, don't we? And God didn't call us to play life safely, just to tiptoe into heaven and go, I'm here. He's not going to say, good job, you were safe. You didn't risk it, but you're here. I think that God wants more than that from us. I think God wants more than that, not even from us, but for us. I've watched these kids who you saw on the screen go into places that most people would be afraid to go into um, to serve. And they didn't do it and just like creep in there. Some, some of the kids were afraid when we went to L.A. the first time. And they're like, I don't know what to do here. I'm not sure how to do it. But they just let Jesus lead. They just let Jesus lead. And they follow him. And they follow him. And then suddenly you have a group of people that are so comfortable in the inner city that we're playing fri- This is crazy. We play Frisbee on Skid Row. Like we're out with people who live without homes playing frisbee or playing basketball. I think that's what Jesus does. I think Jesus goes to the place we refuse to go sometimes because we want our safety and we want our comfort. And Jesus goes there and then he says, if you claim to be in me, walk with me, live like me. And so this morning, uh, I want us to pray together before we sing. If you have a need today, there'll be elders afterwards in the prayer room. But um, I just want us to pray together that we would be a people that would live uncommon lives for him, okay? God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us more than we love ourselves. God, thank you for wanting more for us. God, I pray that as you uh, move in our lives and as you lead us and guide us, that we remember that not only do we sometimes stumble, but you hold out your fingers and you walk with us. And then you walk beside us and then you walk in us. Thank you for who you are. Help us to live bold for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together.